Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Do you like to live to be 100 years old? It would really depend on your quality of life, wouldn't it? So what do we know about the people who do live to that marker? Most importantly, what can we learn from them? What can we take away from that? Well, let's talk to someone who has studied this. Karen Modig is an associate professor of epidemiology at the Karolinska Institute and joins us now. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. So do many people live to be 100? Are more people living to be 100? Um, no and yes to that answer. I mean, uh, not many. It's still around, you know, two, two to three percent of each birth cohort, at least in Sweden, uh, and probably similar uh, in your country that make it to age 100. But this proportion is increasing uh, quite quickly with time now. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so what did you study? Because you studied the people who, who live long, right? Yes, I do in many different ways. Um, but in the specific study of interest now, uh, we had the chance to go back to old data where people gave a blood test uh, when they were aged. 60 to 70, and then we uh, could link uh, these uh, data to prospectively information about these people in terms of, of mortality and, and other things uh, through over the years. So that made us um, able to uh, compare uh, the same people over time. Uh, so we looked at their blood tests when they were 60, and we followed them prospectively with regards to mortality. And the question we had was that, is it possible to observe differences already at ages 60 or 70 in your biomarker profiles for people that eventually become very old compared to those who don't? And what did you find? We found that we could. <laughs> um, and I mean, the other option would be that it would be pure chance uh, whether you become as old as 100 uh, or that something later in life decides. But here we could observe differences already this early on. Uh, and especially we found differences in biomarkers related to metabolic function, uh, metabolic markers, uh, such as inflammation, uh, nutrition, and also alcohol, what we at least uh, um, hypothesize is, is related to alcohol consumption, liver function. Okay, so then, Karen, people want to know what markers showed up that made a difference for people making it to the age of 100? Right. Uh, I mean, to conclude, we could say that lower levels of glucose, which is your, your blood sugar, seems to matter a lot, creatinine and uric acid uh, were associated with a greater chance of becoming a centenarian, whereas actually um, higher levels compared to or normal levels of cholesterol uh, or higher were better in comparison to, to low levels of total cholesterol. And this is a bit paradoxical, <laughs> uh, but it seems to be in old age, it, it seems not to be as bad to have uh, slightly elevated uh, total cholesterol in compared to 
to really low, which could be an indication of, of other things in your health being not. It's interesting you mentioned inflammation because I know that's a very big thing right now, right? People being concerned Mm -hmm. about inflammation. So in what way can you, like, where does that show up in the markers that you can tell that a body has more inflammation than other people? Exactly. I mean, we can't, we can't, we couldn't study it really properly uh, because many of the inflammatory markers would be those that, um, you would look at on, on a quite immediate effect of. And, and since we had this long time period passed, we, we cannot say for sure uh, that the inflammation is still present and so on, so on. But for example, uric acid is such a marker that could relate to many things, but among them, uh, inflammation. Okay, so then people who live to be 100, that was 2.7%, right, of the people that you mm-hmm. looked at? In, in these birth courts, yeah. Right, okay, so they had higher levels of total cholesterol, not high yeah. cholesterol, but higher levels of cholesterol, yeah. and, and higher iron. Yes, exactly, and they had lower levels of glucose, creatinine, uric acid, and some of the liver and kidney function markers. Uh, so one can also translate it to, into that it was all, almost no person with a glucose above 6.5 that eventually become, became 100. So that's another way to translate it. Okay, I would imagine now that, Karen, people will, other doctors and researchers will take this and see if this is holds on a wider level. Uh, I hope so. I mean, this is one study and one cohort, and we're, we, of course, need to replicate it and follow it. Um, so I'd be happy to, to see others do this. Um, and also one should also pay attention that it, it, I mean, nowadays we have better treatments. We have, I mean, even people with these metabolic conditions survive much longer. So we should also keep it in the context of, of where it is, um, for, for these older generations. Right. It it tells you how important the glucose level there is in in these situations for later health, right? But we know that. We know that having those high glucose, for instance, diabetics, that's a a lot of health Mm. risk that comes with that. Yeah, it is. Mm. And as as early as, as, you know, difference is seen as early as in your 60s. Okay. So where, what are the next steps that you're going to be taking? This is fascinating research. Mm -hmm. We have an ongoing study now, which I also find fascinating in a similar setup. So for these people, we now, so I want to explore if people make it to 100 by avoiding disease, delaying disease, or surviving disease to a higher extent. So that is also not really known. And I think all of these can play a role, but it's it's in essence essentially different, the three Mechanism. So we are looking at disease onset over age in a, in a longitudinal way and see if and for which, which diseases we, we uh, can see these patterns. Okay, so you have a lot of work to do, <laughs> Dr. Moda. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about it this morning. Thank you. We appreciate your time. That's Dr. Karen Modig, who's an associate professor of epidemiology at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden. Uh, fascinating research. Looking at people who live to be 100, they had a cohort, they had about 44,000 people that they could look at, Swedes, who underwent regular health assessments, so blood profile, right? They had their blood taken. So they could start examining the blood that was taken from the ages of like 64 to 99. So people who live to be 100, and they actually found some some markers in there. They were looking at 12 blood-based biomarkers to measure things like inflammation, metabolism, liver and kidney function, 
like all of those things. And of the 2.7% of that group that lived to be 100, by the way, 85% of them were female, they had lower levels of glucose, but higher levels of cholesterol and iron. So really fascinating to think about the implications of that and the research that will come. More people are definitely going to look into that. Would you want to live to be 100? Like I said, I think it depends on your quality of life, right? If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com. 